welcome to the Naruto edition of Sacking's Therapy. A bit of a random bonus for you guys. We're going to continue this thing until we don't feel like doing it anymore. Uh, so in this special edition, we review, we rewatch old Naruto episodes and try to figure out if the series is as good as we remember it. And with me to do it, of course, and always, Fong. Hello. Okay. So last episode, we reviewed one through five. This episode, we're going to review six through ten. So let's uh, start with episode six. Uh, so uh, remember last episode, um, Kakashi basically said that they pass and that they're officially get, you know, part of Team 7 now. So what does Team 7 do? They take on some missions. And their first mission that we see is that you know, it's pretty epic. They're communicating through radio, and they're acquiring the target. And then they get in position, and they were able to capture the target, which is a cat that has escaped from their their owner, and that they have to return to. And yeah, what were your thoughts on this uh, opening? I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I thought it was like, you gotta get their experience somehow, I guess. And you know, catching a cat ain't easy, to be honest. It is not, and these ninjas made it look way easier than it ever than it ever should be. Um, yeah, the, um, one interesting note I have is that, wow, well, I guess the Naruto universe has radios. Um, I, I don't yeah. know where to draw the line in terms of technology in the Naruto universe. Yeah, it's it's a little tough. I, I have mentioned that there might have been monitors somewhere. I think they have TV. I they just... probably do. I feel like, I swear to God, I've seen a TV in somebody's, like, house. Although I'm not sure up to this point yet, but I know in Shippuden they had TVs. Yeah, the problem when we were younger, it's like, you know, you don't, you don't notice those type of things. you just entranced in this universe. As you're an adult, you're like, yeah, that doesn't look right. <laughs> you start kind of nitpicking some small little details, and that, that was just something I just thought was weird, thinking, thinking like, oh, they have radios and headpieces. It's Kind of weird. I don't know. Um. Anyways, uh, Team Seven is offered uh, some extra jobs, and it's pretty remedial jobs to say the least, or menial, where it's just, oh, uh, the noble needs someone to babysit their kid. Uh, another noble wants someone to grocery shop for them, and Naruto basically just has a bit of a fit and says he wants a real mission, not like just babysitting and all this garbage, basically. Mm hmm. Um, next thing I notice, uh, so the the noble lady who they save the cat for hands over a dollar bill. So again, I'm still just kind of confused of just how things work in the Naruto universe. So I guess they have dollar bills and not coins. Uh, I I guess I to be honest, for that part I never noticed. You know, money's money. I, I actually kind of am interested of in what the dollar bills do look like. And how does it like affect other villages? Because other villages should have their own dollar bills, right? Those are answers that I do not have, and I don't even think Masashi had at this point. I think and, they just know, winged it. I think I don't know. Yeah, I don't well, know. what's what's the conversion rate? <laughs> Is a Canadian bill doing well to, uh, this year? I did not know you were uh, a PhD in economics. Uh, let Let's just get back to Naruto. Um, <laughs> So the third Hokage, uh, after listening to Naruto's speech, um, gives Team 7 a C-ranked mission. 
Ooh. And they the mission is to escort this guy back to the land of waves. And the guy comes in, and his name is Tazuna. And he's this drunk, and he basically just doesn't think much at all of Naruto. At all. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I didn't think much of him either, to be honest. I mean, you didn't think much of him. He beat, he beat the shit out of that one guy in the first episode with 10,000 clones. I mean, sure. It, it, he goes kind of up and down at times. And, I mean, a lot of times. Well, a- anyways, they go out to the uh, entrance of the village, and Naruto set, says it's the first time he's ever been outside of the village. Uh, and while this is happening, we see shots of, like, these people approaching, I guess, trees? And that we and then we see that there are these assassins that are following them. Um, we the the episode then kind of transitions to kind of a little bit of a geography lesson from Kakashi. Like this is where we land about learn about land learn about the land of waves is, and then we find out about the five other nations: uh, the land of water, the land of fire, which is you know where the hidden leaf is, the land of earth. Land of lightning and the land of wind. Did I get all those right? I do not. Uh... I cannot be <laughs> sure, to be honest. But it's something along those lines, and we don't really, we don't really get to hear about these uh, other countries until very la- much later on in the series. Oh yeah, it, it, it's going to be a while, probably until junior exams, where there is even more like separate villages and uh, what you might call it. Other types of ninjas. Anyways, uh, so the the assassins that we saw earlier in the episode, they finally jumped the squad, and they they basically wrapped Kakashi in these chains and basically shred him, like literally rip, dismember him, essentially. And while this is happening, Naruto, you know, has his entire kind of epiphany and just freezes while Sasuke tries to basically neutralize them. And the assassins, as shown, uh, they are actually after Tazuna and they start to go after Tazuna. And Kakashi comes out of nowhere. He's not dead, guys, and basically completely neutralizes these guys and subdues them and finds and you know basically interrogates them uh before that happens uh kakashi basically makes a comment to naruto and saying i would have saved you earlier but i just didn't think you would freeze up like that and sasuke you know the somewhat iconic line calls naruto a scaredy cat oh I don't know. This insult did not do <laughs> I it know. maybe it's just cuz I'm a little older now and you know it's that's pretty lame, but you know, back in 2000, I think that was probably a big deal. And you know, if you were a kid seeing Scaredy Cat, I mean, that would be a pretty, yeah, big oh moment. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what were your thoughts on the on this? I thought it was pretty cool. Like you know, I would have. I, I remember when I was young when I saw that dis, like where they kind of ripped apart Kakashi. I did. It didn't really register in my mind that he was dead at all. Yeah, I felt like that didn't uh, register for me either. But I, I gotta say, from here on out, the action just gonna keep on getting better and better. And like the fight scenes, especially, is really top notch for 
an anime like this. And, you know, I, I don't remember watching too many animes like this at the time. Yeah, man. I mean, it's really cool. And, you know, Kakashi, like, so, this is going to be a theme going forward. He explains his entire thought process of, like, oh, how did he know that those assassins were after them? And, like, you know, all the little details. It's it's kind of like what Naruto is kind of known for, I feel, like where they really explain in depth of just how they how the battles uh, progress, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, he interrogates the assassins, finds out that they're after Tazuna and finds out that they're from the village hidden in the mist, which is the I think the capital of the uh, land of water. And, you know, Naruto um, reveals or Kakashi reveals that uh, Naruto has a scar on his hand and that it's been poisoned and that he needs to get the blood out uh, so that he doesn't die. And basically he says says something along the lines of, all right, we're going to need to get back to get back to the village to heal Naruto first, because I don't think he can handle, you know, this journey if he's going to you know, be a, essentially yeah. a liability. Mm-hmm, and, exactly. Yeah, and Naruto just stabs his hand like a badass because he's cool. And uh, he gets the butt out, and everyone's like, "Oh, I didn't expect that from you." And yeah, he this the episode basically ends with Naruto looking cool. Yeah, we also got to see a little tidbit of you know what the Nine Tails might have done because it was already starting to heal. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Oh, so it was, that was this episode. So it was a little bit unclear for me where the episode started and where the episode ended. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, we're actually introduced to Zabuza and uh, some sort of you know short little mob boss looking guy, and yeah. they are the ones who send it. They're they're the ones who are after Tazuna, basically. Yeah, pretty much Zabuza with the big sword that's nowhere near the weight that he could carry. But he's a big, strong man, you know. So you know, ninjas have very strong arms. Yes, I, I hope he is strong because that's, I don't think anyone could carry that. Yeah, it's a. I mean, like there, there's a lot of stuff that I always try to think of logically in the Naruto universe, and it just never goes well for me. It just, I just, I just, just you know, just suspend your disbelief. You know, just, yeah. just go for the ride, you know. Yeah, gain, gain that aneurysm. <laughs> Anything else you want to bring up for episode six? Mm, nope, that's pretty much it. Okay, well, uh, let's move to episode seven then. So the episode opens with basically the team on a boat, and they're moving through the fog. And the guy who's operating the boat is telling Naruto to be quiet because he's like, oh my god, it's the land of waves. And then he's like, shh that because he doesn't want to get because they don't want to get discovered it seems to be very dangerous around the land of waves currently um so kakashi i guess not really interrogates he basically gets tazuna to spill the beans of why assassins were after them a c-ranked mission should not have uh assassins after them and tazuna you know tells kakashi saying that the land of waves is you know too poor to afford a b ranked or an a ranked mission and can only afford a c ranked mission so in reality this is probably a b rank or an a rank mission you know with assassins coming after them mm-hmm. and 
you know, after telling them, uh, basically he gives Kakashi kind of runs through the possibilities of like what they can do with this new information. Are they going to leave the mission and just leave Tazuna to kind of fend for himself, or are they going to go back, or are they just going to continue the mission? And Tazuna uh, essentially guilt trips them into just continuing the mission. Yeah, what a nice guy Tazuna is. Yeah, so that was actually kind of a funny moment. Uh, they arrive into they arrive in, a, in the land of waves and they start to make their way along the highway. Uh, Naruto's kind of on duty, like he's really kind of not antsy, but he's look he's really trying to like check the perimeters and <laughs> try to make sure there's no enemies around them. And he throws a kunai at a tree that which almost kills a rabbit. And at first, this looks like just a you know a normal rabbit. But then Kakashi notices it's a white rabbit and it's, you know, white rabbits only come out during the winter or it's only white during winter. So he thought it was weird and he thinks that the enemy is upon them. And indeed they are. Uh, Zabuza, it, that's actually Zabuza's rabbit. And <clears throat> and they basically, you know, start the battle. Um, and we are now introduced to Zabuza Momich, Momichi. No, I do not remember his last name. I think that's close enough. <laughs> anyway, it's Zabuza, and they basically introduce each other. Uh, well, yeah, Kakashi introduces Zabuza, essentially, and then Zabuza also introduces who Kakashi is, a copy ninja. And, and Kakashi reveals how he copies all, all those jutsus, all those techniques. It's his Sharingan, and he reveals it um, under his headband, which had been cover covering his uh, what is it, his left eye all this time, or right, or his yeah, his left, <laughs> his left eye all this time, and you know we Sasuke actually sees this and is very shocked, and you know Naruto and Sakura have no idea what it is. Sasuke knows it because you know he's an Uchiha, and we'll learn more about the Uchiha in a bit, but. Yeah, so the battle be the battle begins. Uh, there's a lot of explanation. Um, Zabuza uses what's called the hidden mist jutsu to basically fog up the entire battle area. It makes it so it's really hard to see. And there is a moment in there where uh, the, the three genin basically get into uh, the formation. I forgot the name of the formation. Do you remember the formation name? Not really. Just crowd around your uh what you would call it the guy you're protecting i guess yeah so they kind of basically cover tazuna from all three sides and zabuza has a really cool moment where he appears like in in the middle and like basically in right behind everyone else if that makes any sense it's think of like four arrows and then he just appears in the middle of like all those arrows uh, he he engages in the battle with Kakashi, and Kakashi manages to stab him, and it's revealed that it's a water clone. Ooh. And so basically, the the water disappears, and it's revealed that Kakashi has been tricked, and Zabuza appears behind him. Uh, but and he basically cuts, basically slashes Kakashi who then reveals that he is also a water clone. And then the real Kakashi appears behind Zabuza again, and he he now stabs Zabuza again, and it's another water clone. 
And the episode basically ends with Zabuza appearing behind Kakashi, who he has now outsmarted twice. Were you able to keep up with all that? Uh, sure. <laughs> it's, it's already confusing already when we were watching it. And while in the midst of all this, there is a lot of dialogue and explaining uh, that's mm. happening. And yeah, the battle basically, the that's basically the end of the episode. Uh, Zabuza appears behind uh, Kakashi looking to have the advantage. And uh, let's jump into episode eight. Do you have anything else to um, say oh. about episode seven? Yeah, I actually have a few things. Okay. So first, uh, they have mentioned Gato in the beginning. Uh, I believe Tazuna was talking about who Gato really was. And, you know, he is one supposedly the richest man in the world due to his, uh, I guess, governmental control over the ports of uh, the Hidden Mist Village. Basically, so was... he's a, he has like a worldwide shipping company is yeah. what I gathered from it. So I was wondering, you know, if you're one of the richest men, why why not go the easy way out instead of just taking out Tazuna? You could have done a lot more when you have money on your side. Well, but, like, logically, I would think, well, first of all, um, Zabuza is a very skilled assassin. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I assume, like, he's probably the best that he knows. And, you know, like, you know, with kind of some hindsight, you know, a little bit of jumping ahead, but we are introduced to the Akatsuki, you know, later on in the series. And logic would dictate, like, maybe he, he knows about the Akatsuki and maybe he should have hired the Akatsuki. But, you know, maybe he, he just didn't want to spend that much money. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. yeah, maybe he's cheap. But another thing is, like, why not just blow up the bridge so they have to keep on trying to rebuild it? Or maybe, you know, pay off the workers to not build this bridge. Yeah, as as we discussed, like, you know, before the episode started, I think you just got to suspend your disbelief sometimes. And, you know, and you just got to <laughs> go along for the ride, you know, not ask too many questions because I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to I don't know the answer to that. I guess maybe just he doesn't want to, you know, cause a giant ruckus and it somehow be traced back to him. I, I don't know. Uh, well, moving on from my next point of this episode, I thought from here on out for Naruto is that they really take great, um, I guess, eh, I, w- I don't want to say care, but they, they take a uh, great account of how the surroundings work with each battle, I'd say. And this battle is like, you know, half land, half water, and it really like kind of mix and matches real well um in this episode i'd say and it, it's gonna keep on getting better as well yeah and this is again there's like here like i say that they have a lot of explaining but it really like get lets you get into i guess bi- like building the lore of like the, you know the universe and you know like they go in detail of like just the thought process of how like they come to their conclusion it's really meticulous and it's really it's really good in how they explain it, and it's something that kind of carries throughout the series. And mm. yeah, it's I, I I find that pretty unique because I don't I don't think I've watched another anime where they go in that in depth with every technique and every little detail, like within the battle. Mm-hmm. And my last point, uh, what do you think of Sasuke getting scared just because of uh, 
two Jonings having the intent of killing each other. Mm, that's interesting. I guess he just hasn't like seen that before. So like, you know, the first time you see like, you know, when shit gets real, like I guess that would be your normal reaction. But you know, he was acting like a badass, like when he was being attacked by those two assassins who were revealed to be Chunin level. Oh, maybe Ju- maybe Joni he just hasn't seen yet, and these are high level Joni. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> that's pretty much all I could dig up for episode seven that you haven't explained yet. Oh, okay. Well, then let's move on to episode eight then. So this this basically continues from the battle where it looks like Zabuza has the advantage, and he locks um Kakashi into a water prison jutsu. And basically, he explains that it's basically like a giant water bubble. Yeah, like a giant water bubble. Mm-hmm. And like the prison is very strong and that you just can't you can't simply break out of it. Apparently, it's like this water bubble that's as strong as steel. Like you cannot break it. Yeah. And the only way to break it is uh, for, you know, the user to let go of the prison, which he has to hold on to this water bubble to keep it intact. Yeah, and Kakashi tells Team 7 to run, but, you know, the Team 7 basically kind of rationalized it. In, well, it was mainly Sasuke. Mainly Sasuke was, like, saying they can't run, and Naruto doesn't want to run. Hmm. So then Sas- so then they attack Zabuza. Sasuke attacks Zabuza first, but to no avail because, you know, Sasuke is not as strong as Zabuza. And Naruto tries to charge him, also gets knocked knocked back. He loses his headband. And, you know, while he's kind of down, he goes through his entire flashback of basically what ha- his entire journey up to this point of how he became Genin. And that gets him and that basically gets him really motivated. He charges Zabuza again, gets knocked back again, but he manages to grab the headband. He puts back on the headband and, and basically tells Sasuke he has a plan. And we find out what that plan is. In a ve- in a little bit. Do you have anything to add on before I get into what happened? Yeah, uh, for the water prison, you know, for being like a prison, entrapped in water, I I feel like I should be more overpowered. Seems like Kakashi was having just a a sit down. <laughs> yeah, he was just kind of chilling, and you know, we find out kind of later on. I don't think we find out in this battle, but like. When you're trapped in the water prison jutsu, you can't breathe because you're stuck underwater and you have a chance of drowning. But like that's not really emphasized here at all. Like he, he's just talking like it's nothing. He's screaming actually, and he seems fine. He's just chilling in there. Yeah, like he's not choking at anything. It's like is it a hollow bubble? How is there air coming in and out? Like it looks like he's just fine. Maybe it's his powers or whatnot, but it's, I don't know. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, so I don't know. Like maybe they just got confused, or maybe you know what? Maybe Kakashi is just that strong. You know, he just doesn't maybe need just, to breathe like normal humans. Just um, maybe, maybe he's what's his name? Kisame. Yeah, Kisame. Yeah, he has skills. Possibly. Who knows? Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Naruto basically c- comes up with a plan on how to essentially release uh, Kakashi. 
And so this is the plan. So he throws um, Sasuke, his demon shuriken jutsu, his backpack, and he disguises himself as a demon shuriken. And so so Sasuke throws a real uh, demon shuriken at Zabuza, who catches it with his hands. And then he throws a second demon shuriken at Zabuza's feet. And so Zabuza has to jump in order to dodge it. And, but then it reveals that the demon shuriken is Naruto in disguise. And so Naruto transforms and then throws a kunai at uh, Zabuza's hand, which has the water prison. And because Zabuza is already in the air, he can't, he can't like dodge the uh, kunai without retracting his arm. And so he retracts his arm and basically releases Kakashi from the prison. And now, uh, now Zabuza is at a disadvantage, and that's how the episode ends. Pretty much, yes. And yeah, I I thought this part was really cool, and it really shows it's like you know, Naruto and Sasuke are no match for Zabuza, right? So mm. they have to kind of outwit him. They have to just outplay him. And that's what they did. And it was like a really unexpected plan. I thought it was so cool how they did it. Oh, yeah. Plus, they explained a lot about, you know, Zabuza and, you know, how the Hidden Mist Village kind of, like, goes around with their graduation. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot to mention that right before all this happened, they were talking about how, you know, Z Zabuza is essentially a very powerful killer, a cold-blooded killer, that, you know, in order to graduate the Hidden Mist Village uh, Academy, like, when, you know, he was young, he had to kill all of his comrades, and it's basically kind of to establish that, you know, he is a stone-cold killer, and, you know, will kill without hesitation, basically. <sighs> yeah, but how many kids was it? Oh, man, a hundred? No, it has something, to be more. Ooh, something along those lines. Yeah, I, I don't remember the exact number, but yeah, it was something crazy like that. Yeah, whoever that Kage is, wink wink, is not a good Kage. Yeah, and sounds kind of yeah, sounds pretty brutal. And we learn more about like the Hidden Mist Village, I think later in later episodes. But we do learn more in a bit. But we're not, you know, we're not trying to jump too far ahead just yet. Mm -hmm. And all I could end that uh, with this episode is, you know, good job, Sakura. Really good job. Yeah, Z Sakura up to this point has basically done, uh, unfortunately, nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, the la in the first battle, she stepped in front of Tazuna, and that's literally the extent of what she did. It's, it's just one of those things that I always felt was a bit, you know, have, that definitely hasn't aged well in... Uh, you know, in terms of like, you know, some modern day kind of uh, values, I guess, is that, you know, like the females tend to not be represented very well in Naruto, and this is no exception. Yeah, it sucks because, you know, we want to see some character development with them too, and it, you don't, they don't really show it, sadly. Unfortunately, that's just yeah, that's just, that's gonna be a thing going forward. And yeah, and Z Sakura, you basically, I basically forgot she was in this episode, <laughs> to be honest. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah, the guys, you know, have like come up with this clever plan, and like she's not involved at all in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think think of that what you will. It is unfortunately kind of the sign of the times at the time, I guess. It's just, you know, it, it's going to be something we're going to be seeing going forward. Oh yeah. Okay, now on to episode nine, and if you notice that we do sound a little different, uh, we are recording this at a different time. Um, we're listening back to the first episode of the Naruto rewatch. Uh, we realized that by the time we got to episode four and five, we started running out of gas a little bit, and when our throat started to get dry, I got tired of talking. <laughs> state was a little bit fatigued, so yeah, uh, we're that's why we're gonna, you know. Do this from now on. Basically, record the second batch separately. So, yeah, that's why we sound a little different. And uh, yeah, taking you guys behind the scenes of how these are recorded sometimes. So, on the on episode nine, uh, the episode kind of starts right where the last one ended, where uh, Zabuza, no, Kakashi breaks out of uh, Zabuza's water prison um, with the help of Naruto and Sasuke. Um, Sakura is marveling at the plan, basically just, you know, praising the teamwork of Naruto and Sasuke, who barely spoke. They just knew each other's plan, got, had that chemistry, let's just say. Um, she finally kind of does something where basically now that Sasuke is, I guess, free, like not doing anything, he can also like just basically stand in front of Tazuna with Sakura and puts an arm like in front of Tazuna and... Yeah, that's kind of the extent of Sakura in this battle. Um, jarring, but we'll, we won't talk about it too much. But um, Kakashi then starts using his Sharingan to copy Zabuza's Water Dragon Jutsu, and basically a bunch of they form two dragons and nothing really happens because they're doing the same move at each other. Um, and then kind of cuts to a ninja who's basically watching from the trees. Uh, we find out that his name is Haku, and that he's an Anbu Black Ops from the Hidden Mist. Um, Kakashi starts to mirror everything that Zabuza does, and it kind of like pisses him off, kind of throws him off his game. Like He starts talking like him, he starts moving everywhere, copying his every movement. And it ba- the sequence basically ends with uh, Kakashi hitting Zabuza with a water vortex, now, I guess Kakashi is so good at the Sharingan, although they don't really explain it here, but how the Sharingan works is that they basically read your chakra uh, flow, and that's how they predict what you're going to do, and that's how they also mimic what you're going to do. Now, Kakashi is so good at using the Sharingan that he literally can read the chakra and know what Zabuza's going to do, and he was able to hit Zabuza with a water vortex before Zabuza can. And that basically defeats knocks uh, Zabuza into a tree and Kakashi ends the battle basically by throwing some kunai at uh, kunais are like basically throwing knives at Zabuza basically neutralizing him defeating him now before he can go in and go for the kill uh, Haku the ninja that we saw earlier throws some needles right at Zabuza's neck killing him quote unquote it is then revealed that uh, Haku is a tracker ninja from the village of the Hidden Mist. And if you guys don't remember that village, that is the village that uh, Zabuza was once from. He has since betrayed them, and 
Basically, the Tracker Ninja is here to dispose of his remains so that no secrets from the Hidden Mist get out. Um, Kakashi takes a look at Haku, um, kind of takes a snapshot, I guess, of his age. Basically says, judging from just how tall he is and by the sound of his voice, he's about Naruto's age, so basically 13 years old. Uh, Naruto is very, very angry that Haku was able to just kill Zabuza so easily. Uh, and Kakashi kind of holds him and basically gives him a lecture about there are some people that are just really, really strong. Yeah, you know, there's, you know, boys younger than Naruto, of course, that are stronger than him. And, you know, I noticed that Sasuke kind of took that personally. Yeah, and it's going to motivate him to do great things, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, So... Kakashi, or no, uh, Haku basically thanks them for distracting uh, Zabuza and for him to be able to go in for the kill um, and basically thanks them and then takes his body and teleports away. Uh, Kakashi then kind of relaxes. Everyone kind of relaxes. Kakashi puts his headband over his eye again, takes a few steps, and just collapses on the floor. On to episode 10. Uh, it is revealed that Kakashi uh, collapsed because he overused the Sharingan and is going to need at least a week to recover and to be able to move properly because he's so fatigued from using the Sharingan. Uh, then we get an explanation, a essentially, yeah, an explanation to what the Ambu Black Ops is. Uh, they hunt down rogue ninja for their village and destroy their remains so that, again, no secrets of the their hidden village get out. And then it cuts to where it cuts to Zabuza, who we found out is is actually alive. He's not actually dead. And it's revealed that him and Haku, the little the Ambu ninja, is not an Ambu ninja at all. And in fact, they are actually in cahoots. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> I know. I, I know. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I. I actually thought of that when I was younger. I. I remember just kind of being in awe of just these battles, basically. Yeah, we don't. I mean, it's still pretty early on in the. I guess you could say season. Um, not much like action, real action that we've seen until up until now. Like the Kakashi and Zabuza fight is one of the like. I want to say staples, but it, it teaches the viewer a lot about this um, like world of ninjas, I guess. Yeah, and this is our kind of first, you know, introduction really to you know high-level battles and you know things that are outside of just like basic training, basically. So, you know, I again, I don't remember if I like thought of like Haku being in cahoots. I think I actually believe that he was a he or she. Well, we'll get into that later. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, if he was actually, you know, an Ambu Black Ops, I didn't think of that. I just thought he was a cool little ninja. He was super powerful. Um. Anyways, uh, Zabuza complains that about how Haku threw the needles at his neck. Um. And then Haku kind of analyzes. Uh. Zabuza and basically says, "Yeah, you're gonna need about a week to recover, uh, just judging by your injuries. But you know, knowing you, uh, it's gonna take you about half of that. 
because you are a very big, strong man, basically. Is the gist of the conversation. Um, Kakashi, using his spidey senses uh, back at the uh, village, um, basically realizes somehow that Zabuza isn't dead. And then he basically kind of like thinks it through and realizes that most Ambu Black Ops uh, usually operate on the spot, meaning dispose of the body or destroy the body right on the spot, not take the body away. So that's basically how he comes to the uh, conclusion that Haku is not an Ambu Black Ops ninja and is in fact in cahoots with uh, Zabuza and that Zabuza is indeed alive. Oh, is that so? Yes, and it's we find out like you know as the series goes on, Kakashi knows about everything. <laughs> I know the weird thing uh, that there's never really explained. I'm just gonna call it the Spidey sense. Yeah, like he he just catches on later in the show. He's like, hold on, put this piece of puzzle together, and wait, they're working together. <laughs> yeah, he is alive. Yeah, so. Uh, Kakashi then suggests uh, talks to the Team Seven and you know suggests training them so that they're ready for the next fight against Zabuza. Uh, Sakura starts complaining and basically says, "How what you're in no shape to train us?" And apparently, Inner Sakura also has her thoughts and thinks that Kakashi's like trying to get them all killed. Wonderful character. Um, Kakashi then praises all the all of team seven for saying that they all they've all grown but specifically also praises naruto for growing the most which i think makes naruto blush i don't remember he's very happy for sure uh i don't recall but he he was happy i i'm pretty sure yeah and then in comes uh another character Uh, his name is inari he looks i think yeah he's the grandson of tazuna uh, and he comes in, and basically it's just negative a negative Nancy's all over the Team Seven, and just basically says nothing will be okay, and gets into a bit of a verbal spat with Naruto. Uh, Naruto then kind of, or Inari then leaves the room, kind of murmuring to himself, saying that the world's gonna end, everything is bad, and he goes upstairs to his room, and Naruto follows him, and finds him crying over a picture of a man. Uh, that I think he ends up saying is is his dad, and judging from just how he's crying uh, at the picture, we assume that, or at least I assume that the dad is dead. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll uh, talk about it more later, of course. I'm pretty sure they mention it again. Yeah. But I I gotta say I think Inari is a better version of Konohamaru. Yeah, and like you know Konohamaru like. So far, there is no reason to justify why Konohamaru is, exists. It's a spoiled brat with a very, let's just say, not very uh, sympathetic backstory. Inari, on the other hand, has a sympathetic backstory. He, you know, of course, is not said right now, but like we assume that his dad was killed by Goto, or Gato, sorry, was killed by Gato because you know he mentions Gato during his little negative Nancy spat. And yeah, we assume that he's that negative because, or he's you know that insufferable because he lost his dad to, you know, a you know, an evil mob boss. Yeah, I mean, like we said, we'll we'll get over 
to it, uh, I believe, in the next episode, if they were... I think he explains it more, but we'll see. Part of me is not really looking forward to it because, like, I, I don't, I kind of still I, kind of hate him. Still kind of hate him. So. I mean, would would you rather go through this story or the second episode again? Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I'll I'll submit to that one. Okay. <laughs> um, and then skips to uh, Kakashi. Uh, he is now in like this wooded area with Team Seven, and he is teaching the team about chakra. Uh, and uh, Naruto has a little moment where he apparently he doesn't even know how to uh, pronounce chakra. He says katra. Um, and you said in the Japanese version they said something else. Uh, something like katora. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is either. I, I took Japanese for four years in high school. I've forgotten all of it. So, yeah, I know. So I still know basic words every now and then. But yeah, whatever you just said, I have no clue what that is. We'll uh, search it up. <laughs> yeah, we'll search it up uh, in a bit. But uh, Sakura decides to then give Naruto and the viewer a full lesson on chakra. So here's kind of what I got from it. Uh, so chakra is the elemental life energy of ninja, made of physical and spiritual energy. And the combination of both makes jutsu, meaning like, you know, techniques, like these magical abilities, essentially. And that the way that they are, these energies are released is through hand signs. And I think that's basically the gist of the lesson. And and it's kind of cool to actually, you know, I've, of course, me and you have watched essentially the entire series uh, I don't like this is kind of the building block for the rest of the series. Yeah, I gotta say so. I wish they kind of explained it a lot earlier, but uh, I guess you know the little things. You know, uh, I also forgot to talk about um, the slowed uh, hand signs in the previous episode, episode nine, with Zabuza and Kakashi. We don't really go over like which each um, hand sign is or what it does or how it correlates to making a jutsu. I think we get a little bit of an explanation later on, although I don't remember when later on is. But like there is an explanation of why certain hand signs are used for certain elements, if I remember right. Yeah. Like I... this is some – I say that this is a building block of like the entire series, but it's a building block that is not really like looked at much for the rest of the series. Uh, later on, we just, it, it essentially becomes a second nature thing for a lot of characters where, you know, forming hand signs just isn't emphasized at all anymore. It's just presumed that once you get to a certain level, you just know hand signs and that you can do them very fast. And there's no real, and again, emphasis and focus on hand signs anymore. Like really, after this, after this arc. Yeah, I remember. Well, as a kid, I was pretty dumb, but uh, I used to study each hand sign, and if I remember, each hand sign correlates to a zodiac animal, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But, and I think I remember again. I think I remember like part. I remember the fire jutsu uses a uses a specific one. I don't remember which one though. I think it's tiger. Tiger uh, being uh, <laughs> a nerd. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. So yeah, thank you, thank you for that lesson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so that's basically the only, one of the only times in the series, unfortunately, that we're going to actually learn much about these hand signs. Again, building blocks that become second nature to both the characters in the series and to the viewers, except we don't really know what they mean. It's just it's just not a, a focus anymore after this. Mm-hmm. Anyways, after that little lesson from Sakura, Kakashi uh, assigns them to climb a tree to train their chakra controls. He says that that's the primary way that they're going to be able to beat Zabuza by controlling their chakra into a specific point of their body. And in this case, they're focusing it all onto their feet so that they can walk up this tree. And Kakashi then demonstrates how to do it. He basically walks up the entire tree on crutches, no less, like which just shows you, you know, just that it can be done, basically. Mm-hmm. And he gives all three, all three, uh, Team Seven, uh, a kunai to mark their highest point. Uh, so the Team Seven then kind of prepares to do it. Uh, Naruto doesn't make it that far at all on his first try. Sasuke does a little better. But, you know, falls off, you know, not that far, basically not that high up uh, into the tree. But Sakura, the underdog, is able to make it to the top of the tree on the first try. Oh, look at there. <laughs> yeah, and then basically Nar- or Kakashi makes a comment saying that, yeah, Chak- Chak- Sakura has the best chakra control of the three. And then I think says she has the least, like, reserve chakra of all of basically the whole team, even though she's the best at controlling it. Yeah, it it really shows throughout the whole series, to be honest. It shows, but it's not really in a, it's not in any way that makes a, a difference or any effect. It, like we are shown that Sakura is is very smart, and you know has great chakra control, and then you just go like, and and what? What? <laughs> What can re- she do? You know, just jumping ahead, I mean, this really isn't... Nothing is really done with this up until Shippuden. And that's literally like 200 episodes away. And yeah. It's it... uh, it's questionable why the authors did this. I guess just... You know, I'm, I'm not going to get into it too much. Of course, we are both, you know, men. We're not exactly the ones to talk about it. But it's it's something that is a bit jarring to look back upon on 2021. Yeah, I mean this. This is a thirty-year-old manga now. Is it really dirty? Or nineteen ninety-nine? So more in the nineties, like so. Oh, okay. Uh, Not thirty, so twenty. Sorry. Twenty, but still. So yeah, things are a lot different in the early two thousands, I guess. So. Yeah. Again, I, I don't blame it. It's still a good series, but like, it's one of those things where like you've. I'm not calling this like, you know, the ist the ist words, but like you look at some like old cartoons and stuff like that, you're like, ooh, that's a little a little off. That's that's not yeah. gonna fly today. And unfortunately Naruto's no different. Um there's just some stuff I don't think I don't think this flies very well in today's uh in today's society. Yeah. Anyways, uh Inari, uh that little twerp from the beginning of the episode, uh, is shown spying on the team. I, and I think he spouted something um, negative again because he's just a very negative little kid um it then jumps to a house that is in the middle of the woods a nice looking house by the way um and it's revealed that it's zabuza's house and gato visits zabuza uh begins berating him for basically failing to kill tazuna 
Uh, he approaches Zabuza, who's in bed because he's recovering from his injuries. And he tries to put his hands on Zabuza. Haku is sitting right there, gives Gato the look, grabs his hand, and just about breaks his damn hand. Uh, Gato has two goons that are kind of waiting, basically, by the door, you know, in case, you know, Haku or Zabuza try anything. And Haku is literally so fast that he goes from just about breaking Gato's hand to being to disarming the goons who are, you know, a few feet away, you know, disarming their swords before they can even draw it. So that was kind of cool. And Gato basically gives gives Zabuza one last chance to kill Tazuna and basically just leaves. Yeah. Um, Now, we were talking about this. It might be different between sub and dub, but did they mention that they wanted to go for Gato? Like, execute him? Or you have mentioned that um, they're trying to get out of what Gato is plant or scheming with them or whatever so i remember very specifically that like they they're using gato as a cover basically it's a view it's one where like they're trying to basically escape from the hidden mist village and that they're using gato as a cover for that and i don't remember they say it like specifically here but i do remember like you know when i was younger you know all those years ago they they were planning to kill gato like after Mm. this so, yeah, I probably missed that part, but I do remember very specifically about the cover part because you know it makes sense. They're running away from uh, the hidden mist and they need some place to hide. And I guess the reason why they're helping Gatsu right now is because they're trying to, you know, well because of money. You know, he's paying them for this, and mm. you know, they're also trying to find a way to hide from the hidden mist. Um, anyways, it then cuts back to the uh, Team Seven training. Naruto and Sasuke, or Naruto specifically, barely makes any progress. Sasuke makes some progress, but is still not really having that much success. Uh, Sakura is down on the floor, just basically worn out. And the episode basically ends with uh, Kakashi you know, saying that Naruto has a lot of chakra, in fact has more than Sasuke, and even Kakashi. So he's going to be a very yeah. powerful boy when he uh, masters chakra control. I wonder how... <laughs> and that's how the episode ends uh very it's it's our you know it's our look into the first real battle of naruto it's a very kind of dragged down and long one but it's got a lot in it and you know it battles i don't think get this long after this up until i think the beginning uh, of Shippuden. but like, yeah this is kind of like this is a really i mean this is kind of what hooked me into the uh to the series i remember this arc it, it, this arc gets really good Oh, so, yeah. The only thing is, it is very long. And, you know, like, the most exciting part of the series, like, it's not, of course, it's not this one, but I think this is one of the better arcs because this this arc ends up, like, hooking me into the entire series. Yeah, it's, it's like a staple, like, both story wise and also um, later on when we uh, fall into the fight scenes in the, on the bridge. Spoilers. Yeah. And,. Again, it's uh, it's basically sets the stage for a lot of the lore and a lot of the combat, and yeah, it it really, it's, so far I've got to say like you know it's very clever in terms of just how, like you know, Haku is a very clever person, and like there are very kind of clever battles that are like really well written and really structured 
Like mm-hmm. that now that I look back, like it really caught me by surprise, like how they managed to, you know, free Zabuza from or free Kakashi from Zabuza. Like there's really creative things that they do and the dialogue is really cool, like really good overall. And yeah, really is it really kind of, you know, outside of some very like annoying characters and some you know questionable character building with Sakura specifically. It's been a great series. Like everyone's interesting. There's a lot of backstory. There's a lot of lore. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it's still going to this <laughs> to this day. Well, you know, a lot of people don't acknowledge the existence of Ward, so really? not a lot oh. of fans are not a lot of fans for that, from what I've heard. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah, just because uh, well, we we won't get into it too much, but like it's like watching the. It's like looking at someone, you know, come go from rags to riches, and then the sequel is that the son is already rich. Uh, and again, somehow still the same piece of shit somehow. Oh, great. And now Konohamaru. I hate to say it. It's kind of like that. Boro, you know, we, I don't know if we'll ever get into it, but like Boruto is uh, not the most likable from what I've seen. Hmm. I don't, yeah. Now that you mention it, I only watched like one or two arcs from it. Yeah, I think I only watched yeah. one. I forgot why I stopped watching it. <laughs> just, I, I just remember like thinking like, man, they got Game Boys and shit. We, we won't get into it too much, but like, you know, it, it's what the first ten episodes. There's a lot of lore. There's a lot of interesting characters. There's very clever like setups and in, in fights, even though the fights aren't like you know that yet but like again they always catch me by surprise a lot like you know there's a lot of cleverness in the writing is, is what i'm trying to get at mm-hmm. lots of stuff to go over and i actually don't know how, how long do you think it will take us to finish all of this i mean we're we're doing an episode like every two weeks so it'll take a bit <laughs> yeah i mean for us we we spent Half our lifetime. For me, it's uh, a lot more, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just good to like relive these times. And, you know, I'm excited to kind of go through. Basically, I mean, I, I don't want to say this. I don't mean this as a diss. I can't wait to get past this arc because like that's where like things really start to get interesting. Yeah. This really sets this. This arc sets the stage for the rest of the series. Yeah, I got it. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say that uh, up until I think Jiraiya comes, I rewatched every episode from the beginning to then at least twice, maybe more. So it's, yeah, like you said, it's nice to relive some of these memories, but at the same time, it's like there, there's something in the back of my mind where it's like, eh, why do we do this? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there are some like some old staples that aren't really a thing anymore. I think it's mm-hmm. again, this is as long and dragged out as in terms of battles that it kind of gets, and it does get better. Like there's there are some kind of there's a lot of explaining that happens here, like st- you know old staples back in the day. Although I can't really name one off the top of my head right now, but like you know things that just don't things that you know modern anime don't do. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially story and uh, creativity-wise, because you don't you don't see too many uh, like Naruto. Yeah, and 
you know, like again, it's it's one of the most popular, uh, you know, anime back in the day. I don't know so much anymore, but like, you know, you you kind of get why it's got a it's got a hook. It's got a hook to it. Yep. Hey, I could name a few, but I, this isn't the pod for it. <laughs> okay, well, we'll catch you guys uh, in hopefully two weeks. Uh, yeah, we had some scheduling conflicts with this one, but yeah, we should be able to get another one in about two weeks and. Yeah. supported by you know giving it a listen yeah we'll see also how you know the king schedule is because we're missing two games i believe one of them is supposed to be today uh yes we won't be back until at least wednesday night so hopefully yeah I'm pretty as sure. long as that one doesn't get canceled if not maybe we'll do something maybe we'll just do a news recap or something yeah Oh, real quickly, what are your thoughts on Kuroko's basketball? I mean, we can. I've never watched it. I mean, I always heard like you know, people talk about it. So it seems very uh, this is a anime uh, for sure. It's a it's a basketball anime. <laughs> I mean, you know, with some yeah. very preposterous like moves and circumstances that uh you know get you know push it to the level of comedy and. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I, I will say uh, there was a there was a uh what's it called a Japanese live series that I live action series that I watched a few years back. It's called Buzzer Beat, and it just bugged the hell out of me. It, it, it's a it's a live it's a drama it's a Japanese drama about basketball, and it bugged the hell out of me that the actors clearly did not play basketball. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I would judge it. Yeah, you're you're gonna have an aneurysm probably. We we can watch it. At, uh, we we might watch it at some point. I don't know when, but you know, that might be something down the line if this keeps doing well. All right. <laughs> or if we're just bored, maybe we'll do it in the off season. Yeah. There isn't, there isn't Kings basketball. Yeah, we shall see. Okay, well, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Uh, hopefully, it'll be Wednesday night. Uh, and, you know, the next Naruto rewatch, uh, episodes 10 through 15, will be in two weeks. Uh, don't have an exact date for it because, you know, scheduling conflicts again. So, yeah, but it, will, it will be around two weeks. So, yeah, uh, we'll catch you guys uh, maybe as soon as Wednesday. Yep, we'll see you guys later. <laughs> Thank you.